Morning, team. It's four minutes past five, Thursday morning. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast, LBC 97.3. It's nice to be company. I trust you well. I think we'll open, should we open, the, open the curtains. Let's make it look as gone, Paul. Open, open the blinds. Nice. We've got to turn around and put... There we go. Just... No, that's actually the right one. That's it. No, no, no. Oh, you want up? Oh, up. Yeah, up. Because it's a new day and we think we'll let the light flood into... Oh, it's dark. Oh. Let the dark flood in. It's a bit like Nicky from Big Brother. You know, oh, my iPod's not... Oh, it's working. You know, that kind of one again. <laughs> anyway, it is nice to be company. Uh, Paul Saver is with us. It's Thursday. Uh, good morning. Morning. No, he's, he's not too well either this morning. No. But it's amazing how, how Dr. Footlights, in, in the shape of the microphone light coming on, will make you feel a lot better for two hours. The moment the programme finishes, you'll be as sick as a dog. But at the moment... Probably, yes. But we've done this long enough. We can get through it. We have, which is good. Now, everybody was talking the other day about Anthony Worrell Thompson. Because Anthony Worrell Thompson's uh, restaurants, four of them, went under went into administration, and the story was that he'd actually been to the bank and he was droning on in his boring little way about, well, the bank wouldn't help me out and all the rest of it uh, for £200,000. And the bank had said, well, you know, not really. So anyway, four of them went under and I think 20 people ended up losing their jobs, but he's employed the rest of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was then complaining. Every single television programme he went on, every news programme, moaning about how disgraceful it was in the fact that we're in a recession that the banks wouldn't help him out. And then it turned out that the bank said, well, actually, what we said to him was, listen, uh, you put your house up as collateral, we'll, we'll lend you the money against that. And he went, what, you think I'm risking my house? So the banks turned around and went, what, you think we're risking the public's money? Uh-huh. I see. And consequently, he got roundly sat on by just about every single journo going, you ungrateful little so-and-so. And then it culminated in a letter the other day from Peter and Richard Harden, who were the editors of Harden's Restaurant Guide. And they actually talked about it and said it's no coincidence that it's celebrity chefs who are disproportionately to be among the first victims of the recession. They say, however good any chef may be in a single restaurant, we can't think of more than a tiny handful of chefs who've demonstrated an ability to create a group of more than two restaurants of consistently superior quality. In fact, our surveys of restaurants over 18 years have tended to show that secondary restaurants trading under the name of well-known chefs are usually worse than the general run of other restaurants charging similar prices. In other words, if you go... It's a bit damning. It is a bit damning. But if you go to a Gordon Ramsay restaurant, you know, you would think you're paying those prices. Why isn't he cooking it? And all he's done is he's licensed it. The answer is he can't be everywhere at the same time. Well, then don't license them. So, mm, yes, but you license the recipes and the... And the well, I'm sorry. Well, OK, the fine, but then it should the... be cheaper. Uh, wh- yes. Why should I have to pay yeah, the price? Yeah, I do understand what you're saying, yes. So, in other words, if I actually go to an Anthony Warrell Thompson restaurant, I expect to go into the kitchen and see the fat bloke cooking, because that's what I'm paying for. Not a name over the door. It's like, it's, it's like somebody coming in here and saying, well, it's the Steve Allen show. Sadly, it isn't Steve today. But it's the same kind of thing. It would never be the same. No, you're quite right, actually. We were uh, <laughs> due to have a, an Anthony Warrell Thompson restaurant in Beaconsfield. Oh, right. And uh, the unit is still empty. And uh, I thought it would be open by now. Um, having said that, it, it is local rumour that it's going to be Anthony yeah. Warrell Thompson. There's no signs up or anything like that. But he, he won't ever cook in it, will he? Probably not. No. He'll probably go to the opening. Actually, strangely enough, strangely you should mention Beaconsfield. I opened up Country Life yesterday, and there's a lovely house for sale in Beaconsfield. But it obviously used to be a grand design country house, which mm-hmm. then became a school. 
because it's got the... It's all boarded up, and it's obviously down the end of a very long drive. It's got 25,000 square feet, and they said it would make an ideal ground design for somebody. And it's got the school building, so you've got this beautiful arts and crafts house, Mm -hmm. which they've filmed, obviously, from a helicopter, and then they've got this horrible school building next to it. So you'd have to pull that down, but it's got big gardens, but every single window is boarded up. But it's in Beckersfield. Well, I'm buying it next week, actually. Fantastic. And I thought we'd actually sort of open it up as these... Come around for regularly. Well, no, you can come for tea to my place. Well, well, both. <laughs> I'd love to have that much money. I've often fantasised over winning lots of money. Yeah, but have, you, have know, we all earn lots of money, so it doesn't matter. Oh, I know. I wrote the other day. Well, I didn't write actually. We happened to mention how much I earned per program, and somebody wrote in, obviously thinking that I was hard done by. I felt a bit guilty actually about <laughs> the whole thing. Oops. Anyway, loads of stories from the uh, papers today, including the fact that. Um, Michael Jackson, they say, has got the superbug, the MRSA type oh. skin. Well, I know, I didn't believe it either. Oh. And why 50 jobs at London Zoo attracted a crowd of 400? It pays, believe it or not, for the, over the summer months between £8.10 and £10 an hour. It's not bad, is it? Not bad money, is it? 80 quid a day? Well, unless you've got to play with snakes. Yes, in which case we don't go anywhere near it. No. Paul. Or spiders. Or spiders. Uh, there's a poor woman here um, in China, of course. We do lots of Chinese stories. <laughs> Most of your poor women are in China. Yes, but um, she's <laughs> flashing her breasts outside a plastic surgery hospital to protest oh. at unsuccessful transplants. Oh, dear. Her name is Miss Zhao, and she stands in front of the hospital hitting a gong to attract attention while bearing her breasts. If she was oh. bearing her breasts, I would thought she had no... Re- reason to hit a gong. But anyway, <laughs> she claims the implants she received to enlarge them at the hospital in Fushan left her sore and lopsided. <laughs> Zhao says Sorry. the problems have forced her to retire early from her job as an entertainment worker, <laughs> and she's demanding more than £8,000 to cover her surgery fees and compensation for the distress caused by the failure of the operation. Oh, dear. Not so good. Not so good. <laughs> 84850, uk. I've noticed that uh, Rebecca Luce is in the paper today. This is a woman who allegedly had I an affair with... I don't know, because I haven't had a paper. Oh, right. <laughs> well, the other... Oh, wait a minute. What's that one? I'll give you that one there, then. You'll just keep it all to yourself. I know. You? Well, I, well I, I whizzed through them earlier this morning. She's apparently expecting a baby, shock horror probe. This is a woman whose entire career was based on the allegation she'd had an affair with David Beckham. This is the headline, Woman Expects Baby. Well, it's not far off it. It's not far off it. There is nothing in the papers today. There, there is that. nothing. Yeah, Rebecca screws <laughs> Becks again is the headline on the Daily Star. Oh. <laughs> Although, strangely enough, and you will all remember the story, that uh, David Beckham denied emphatically that he'd had anything to do with Rebecca Lewis. She then said, go on, take it to court. Because mm. I know something about him that only people who would sleep with him would know. And I thought maybe he's got two willies. Because I was secretly hoping that if he's that good on the football pitch, he, might, he must be well endowed <laughs> in every department. But uh, we shall never discover how she was ever a model. I've got no idea. I remember seeing pictures of her in a paper. I thought, well, you weren't that good a model. But uh, so she is pregnant. Oh, and the other bad news is, and you'll be mortified, Paul, this morning, the Cheeky Girls business partnership went bust, was wound up at the High Court. Pop twins... Um, they say pop star twins. I'm afraid they were never stars. They were a couple of old mingers of the worst possible kind. Monica and Gabriella's partnership was said to be facing bankruptcy last summer. In other words, they've... Uh, I mean, I can't understand. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't want to be rude about them because I, th- I believe they are a no-hoper, talentless bunch of nothings. But all that money they earn, 
from the record written by their mother. Yes. Touch my ass, you know, take me to bed, write stories about me. Cheeky cheeky. Uh, cheeky cheeky. And it's it's always like, you know, it's Chico time. Yeah, it's Chico time, you disappeared off me and went somewhere else. <laughs> so so the cheeky girls, they earn all this money. Mum might write the record. They appear on so many shows, all for my- where's the money gone? Where does the money go? They put it this way, they don't eat anything, quite clearly. Where does it go? <laughs> well, they do, because I've seen them in Tesco on Baker Street quite a lot, as really? I've mentioned before. Yes. Do they look as... Well, but... I have seen them close up. Oh, God, they're grotesque. Anyway, th- anyway, no, they're nice girls, though. They are nice people. Oh, don't you start. Believe me, they oh, are. They go. are. Oh, they are nice people. On. Anyway, but um, you don't make that much money from a single. No, but, but, but because Mum wrote it... album. Yeah. Did they do an album? I don't think they did. I can't remember... I can't remember, but I've got a feeling that they didn't. I have a feeling they but, might not have done. But they appeared but you on know, every show. You make so much money from a single, then they try to do other things. So in trying to do other things, they'd be, they'd be using the money that they've made from the first single. Yeah. Where if you do a novelty record, which is what they were after all, hmm. you keep that money. You don't have follow-ups with novelty records generally. It's a one-off, isn't it? That's right. Like the Pipkins. Give me that ding, give me that, give me, give me that. Give me that ding. Give me so that anyway, ding. so they're, they're, they're going to be wound up. Uh, what they're going to do now, <laughs> I've got no idea. 84850, uk. Steve, uh, somebody says, I doubt very much that Harry Ramsden sweated over the chip fryer. Well, he certainly did. He certainly did. Harry Ramsden is a legend, I'm afraid, in the fish and chip department. Absolutely. But the trouble is, you see, but that's only fish and chips. If you're going out and you're spending 120 quid, you know, on dinner for two, I'm expecting the so-called celebrity chef to come and bloody well cook it at my table. But having said that, I can honestly say that the worst fish and chips I've ever had was at Harry Ramsden. Do you not like it? Because they've licensed the name again. I know. They do it at the air... I saw one at the airport. Mm. And the people who are cooking it, I thought, you don't look like you even know what fish and chips is, I'm afraid. Well, not only that... Oh, I know where it is. Gatwick. Yeah, but people that fly into a restaurant... Into an airport... (laughs) Into a restaurant. Into a restaurant. ...are not going (laughs) to know who Harry Ramsden is anyway. No. Or was. Is, was. But doesn't that help? But, but do you not remember? Sometime we were talking on the programme about funeral directors, and it's got so and so, so and so, and son. Yes. And it turns out that 90% of the funeral directors in this country are owned by three insurance companies. But they don't want to change the name because it makes it look as though you're dealing with a local company. What you're dealing with is a multinational business. Is that right? Yeah. So, so in fact, what they're doing is, is lying to people. In the same way that somebody else is lying to you this morning. And it grieves me to show you this. I'm going to show you an advert. But we are anyway. I'm go- yes. I know, I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. Oh, the good news is that Ben Freeman uh, might be making a return to Emmerdale. Do you remember Ben was falsely accused of rape? I do. And effectively his career was killed by this lying old bag who was on holiday, who threw herself at him and then claimed that she'd been raped and it turned out she was lying. Well, I hope they lock her up. Well, I hope they lock her up because I'm sick to death of this. Okay, look at this. Here is an advert. It's in probably most of your papers this morning, between cheap flowers for Valentine's Day. It's for the subway. Yeah, okay, right. Here, here is the advert. I'm showing Paul a a picture of an advert. This one's in the, in the sun this morning. Okay, and you look at that and that's 99p. Yeah. What do you think you actually get in that advert for 99p? Okay, looking at the picture of the advert. You think uh, well, you get... you get the juice and the and the sub. and the sub, okay? So there it is. Just it's the sub. It is just the sub. Yes. What they've done is they have a photograph in the ad for Subway of breakfast sub, limited time only ninety nine p. They've got a, a bottle of Tropicana, and they've got a free range egg, and they've got um, some bacon. They also do halal versions, okay? Leaving that to one side. Uh, this is a very misleading ad. I'm surprised it was allowed in the sun today, because in small letters underneath, 
drink not included. Mm. So, in other words, what they've done is they've said, look, 99p, there's going to be hundreds of students going to Subway today to go, I'll have that breakfast sub, the Tropicana and the thing, and they'll go, no, the drink's not included. My advice is you take your business elsewhere today because this is a totally misleading advert. Well, you know, if, if they put a picture of a Rolls-Royce in there, you can understand it. But this is a picture of a Tropicana orange juice and a sub, and they've got breakfast sub 99p. It's early, so we'll keep it simple. Drink not included. So why have you put it in there? It's called misleading and cheating customers. It's not on, because most of the customers, I should imagine, for that sort of stuff would be students, wouldn't they? And they would think, 99p, you get the drink. Yes. Can't wait to see the punch-ups in Subway today. <laughs> Can't wait, because we've got one in Twickenham. I might stand outside and say, get your free drinks in here. They've said so in the ads. Oh, no, small, small wording underneath. You don't get the free drink. What a shame. How misleading. How very naughty. How very naughty. 5.15 is the time. These are the headlines. Gordon Brown set to get a grilling over the state of the economy later. Twice a year, the Prime Minister holds a question-and-answer session with senior MPs. Meanwhile, LBC's Nick Ferrari will be putting questions to David Cameron later. He joins him in the studio from 8.30. Former World Rally champion Colin McRae didn't have a valid pilot's licence when he died in a helicopter crash. The official reports say his licence had expired. The driver's five-year-old son, his six-year-old friend and a 37-year-old man also died. And police in Australia are questioning two suspects in an area burnt out by wildfires which have killed around 180 people. Officials think some of the fires were lit deliberately. Detectives say they'll press for murder charges if they catch those responsible. Have a check on the state of the roads for you this morning. It's Hugh Broom. Thank you very much, Steve. If you're heading into Lewisham, the A21 Molesworth Street. Morning, team. Nice to be company. This is uh, London's brightest wake-up court. None of this. And here comes Mandavani. You know, and people who sort of don't sound very exciting. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. I don't know what, which station are you referring to here? I don't know, because none of our stations play Mantovani. <laughs> ah, oh, you see, I thought yes. I was say Rachmaninoff. Right. Well, I didn't. <laughs> but you have now. I have now, I know. Oh, I wish I'd never <laughs> mentioned it. Anyway, after half past, we will be talking to, uh, to Nathan Morley, our boy in Cyprus, or as it says here, Nicosia. Is he in Nicosia? I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure where he's gone to, actually. So we'll have a chat to him after half past and find out how well the world is. Uh, 84850 uh, We'll take all of your texts and emails. Can you please inform your young lady news broadcaster? That sounds quite nice, doesn't it? Our young lady broadcaster. That the word core is pronounced core, not corpse. <laughs> As in REF core. Are we saying... We're not saying corp, surely not. I do hope not. <laughs> so, but it's core. C-O... It's, it's as in Apple core. So yes. I'm, I'm in the fly, flight core, or whatever it happens to be. <laughs> anyway. Oh, it's a... Listen, for oh, goodness dear. sake, it's 20 past five in the morning. Um, Bernie... Oh, no, Mark says, are chips at the chippy fried in the same oil as the fish? No, separate. Separate. They do the fish in one, and they do the chips in the other. That's right, because they throw away the... Chip oil first. Yes, don't they? yes. The chip oil becomes yes. contaminated first, and the other one you pick the bits off the top. That's so right. they always do the chips nearest where they're going to throw them because they don't take them out over the floor. They open a little hatch and throw them through the side. When I lived in Birmingham many years ago, yeah. they used to serve the uh, the bits of batter. Oh, I know. Batter we used bits. to love them. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But you can't get them anymore. We used to say, "Can we have some scraps, please?" And if you were lucky, oh, love, there'd be a little <laughs> bit of fish in there. <laughs> We've got fish. Oh, come on, everybody listening over the age of 35 must We should go, can we have six penneth worth of chips and some scraps? And you'd get these bits of batter on the top. Right. Go, oh, that was lovely. I know. Because you used to keep them separate. <laughs> I never knew they did them down here because I've never seen them. Oh, right, never. No. 
I don't think they do do them. I think I think they they throw them away now because it's just fat, isn't it? Oh, we it's loved probably it. health and safety or something. Do you know, stupid. we we loved it. We loved scrap chips and scraps. Yes. How nice was that, Paul? Steve, under the um, the heading of how stupid is this? A Florida man has been charged with wasting police time after he called nine one one to complain that Burger King had run out of lemonade. Oh. Oh, God. Police say Gene Fortune, who was 66 and should know better, mm. dialed the US equivalent of 999 because he was unhappy with his order. When a police officer arrived at the Burger King in Boynton Beach, a cashier told him she'd informed Mr Fortune at the drive-thru that the store no longer served lemonade. He reportedly became angry when he picked up his order at the window and threatened to call police. The cashier told him to go ahead. Fortune was charged and issued with a notice to appear in court. Oh, dear. I think they should deal with people over here a bit more I like that. I, I find it quite interesting. I was reading The Standard last night, and Will Self uh, was talking about a restaurant which I think Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie had gone into. He said, it's amazing. He said, I'm, I'm amazed they found a table. He said, every time I've been in there with my hoodie on. He said, they, 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 they always tell me, the kitchens have just closed. He said, this is at 9.30. <laughs> he said, I've never managed to get a table yet. If you're Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, or yeah. even either, yes. you would get a table of anywhere course. at any time, I'm sure. Disgraceful. Uh, Kelvin McKenzie, writing in his column today, doing exactly what we said the other day about uh, Anthony Worrell-Thompson, was a, his bank bleating is half-baked. And this is uh, exactly the same story I told you before, which we did a few days ago. I know, obviously, it takes Kelvin, being fairly ancient now, of a little while to catch up. But he says, I was enjoying a quiet cup of tea with two mates from the world of comedy. I wonder who that would be. Perhaps your bank manager. He said, and I saw a vision in black heading towards me. The place was the fashionable Charlotte Street Hotel, north of Oxford Street. The vision was Christine Bleakley, co-presenter of The One Show. Miss Bleakley abandoned the niceties, pushed me in the shoulder and exclaimed, Stop writing nasty things about me and Adrian. If you're going to mention me, try linking me with somebody I might fancy. He says, Miss Bleakley, more attractive <laughs> off-screen than on, <laughs> have been romantically linked with Mr Childs, her co-presenter, who separated a few months back from his wife. My instant reaction was to wonder if the denial was a, a double-reverse ferret with Pike. You know, one of these sort of things, oh, you mustn't write about us. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, this is the 29-year-old Christine Bleakley. Who looks much older on the television, Am I the only of person in the world that can't stand Adrian Child? I can't stand him either. Oh, good. I find him... I think, put it this way, it He's was the BBC desperate to stick somebody northern on there. Is that what it was? I don't know. I mean, I could only assume it was a joke of the worst possible kind, because uh, it sort of talks like that. Well, I never thought one show was going to last. If you cast your mind back, we yeah. talked about this when it started, yeah. and uh, uh, I must admit it has got better, but it would be a lot better without him. It would be a lot better without him, and without her as well. Because, unfortunately, I think we've all suffered a bit too much. However... Sorry, I was going to say, the, the one person that I have warmed to is Mylene Class. Yes. Yes. Yeah, well, there we are. <laughs> <laughs> so I made my shoulder hurt again oh. now. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, somebody said to me, I, I think it was Hugh, Hugh Broom, yesterday, yes. we were having a, a, a small sort of chat... Well, it's a large chat, actually. And I was saying about how I've, I've got a stiffness. I said, and, you know, to be honest with you, I said, it's quite annoying. And he said, are your screens too low in the studio? And I said, uh, well, I look down to the screens. Mm. And he said, you're supposed to have them at eye height, because otherwise you'll show... And I said, well, I don't think... I think I've been sleeping incorrectly. But, in fact, all our screens are low. His are up quite high. So he mm. sort of looks up to his screen, whereas I look, not down to it, but I'm, I'm looking a little bit lower but than he is. You look straight ahead. There's a little handle at the back. Yes, but I can't make it go up. Look, it yes, doesn't... you can. 
Oh, you can look. If you, you can't. Look there. There, what? look. There, look. What? There, look. At the bottom. At the bottom. The silver handle. Oh, yeah. If you uh, loosen that, you can raise and lower the screen. How exciting. I guess now the producer's getting all upset that we might be... I know. I keep telling her, listen, it's got the biggest audience at this time of the morning through purely doing stuff like that. In a minute, I might clean windows. Mm. I haven't decided yet. I'll see how Have I you go, noticed you know? as well, the mics are, uh... If we Do you know, I said that the other day, because I've never noticed it, and I've said all of a sudden it's happened. Something has, has not earthed. This has happened in the last week. Within the last was, week. It wasn't happening I last suggest week. it, look, if I... Because I constantly touch the deck, and all it's of a sudden... It's this one, I think, because it's more on this no, side. No, 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 it's all round. <laughs> but isn't it strange that all of a sudden it's happened? It's obviously yes. somebody banging Jenny Barnett's head against it or something. I don't know what it is. <laughs> but it's, it's definitely not right. No, there's no dents. It's, but it's, it's not right, is it? Because you shouldn't yes. touch it like that, just lightly with a finger, and it shouldn't reverberate through. No, absolutely Fast, not. Look, now my screen's fallen over as well. Anyway, now, I've now forgotten what I was going to talk about. <laughs> oh, yes. The uh, Channel 5, in the light of the success, pff, laughable, of Christine Bleakley and uh, Adrian the Boar Childs, I'm afraid. Uh, I mean, that's better than Richard Hammond, I suppose, because once the BBC get their teeth into somebody, they use them on everything. And Richard Hammond's on so many blooming programmes. I mean, it's just ghastly. A silly old man wearing a full-length leather coat. How odd is that? But Channel 5 have decided they're going to rival the one show and put on Matthew Wright mm. on a 7 o'clock slot. So I'm assuming he's coming off the right stuff. Can't see he can do the right stuff and do a seven o'clock slot. And they're thinking of teaming him up with Natasha Kaplinsky, the world's biggest bore. Now, the trouble is with Matthew, he's very sweet, but he's bland. He's, he's okay if he's reading an auto cue, but he's not, I mean, in, in terms of personality, I mean, him and Charles are roughly about the same. They're, they're dreary. They're boring old journalists who don't really have personalities. But the one that I can't stand, that's on all the time, on everything. I can't I'm help just, it, I like being here. I, I've just no. <laughs> No, I like you. <laughs> on the, um, I've just noticed on another programme is Dom Littlewood. Oh, I know. Oh, don't. Maybe the, maybe the BBC... Perhaps he works oh, cheap. He's on, this is on Channel 5. Oh, I'm sure it? he must do. Yeah. Well, well, Channel the other 5, one. he has to. Nick Knowles is on everything. You turn on, there's Nick Knowles yes. doing another programme. And you think, I've had enough. Why can't they just use people once or twice and then sort of, and then sort of leave them for a well, while? Well, it just goes to show the total lack of imagination. Well, it is, because the trouble is, I remember Claire Rayner telling me ages ago, oop, there's a name I've dropped, and... Oh, uh, she's wonderful. Oh, well, she is. She was on, the te she's on Celebrity Cash in the Attic and the other day. Did. Yes, going through some stuff to raise money for charity. She looks exactly the same. I know she's not been very well. I know. But uh, she looked OK on this. But she was saying, I film all these programmes, then lo and behold, they all come out at exactly the same time. So it's, it's very annoying, I'm afraid. Very annoying. But there are certain people, you know, I don't want to see Richard Hammond on another programme. I don't want to watch any more Blue Peter. I've decided it's gone so far down the U-bend, it's awful now. Mm. The presenter opened up the other day, complained on the programme that his jeans were halfway down, you know, that sort of ridiculous look. This is a man who, who looks as though he's in his thirties. Again, trying to develop a personality being a Blue Peter presenter, but we asked around yesterday and nobody could tell me the names of the Blue Peter presenters. We can all look it up, but nobody knows who they are. It's not been the same since Christopher Trace and Valerie Singleton. Absolutely not. And Peter Purvis, my special guest on In Conversation, coming up in a few weeks' time. Take a short break. We'll have more of your texts and emails very soon. This is LBC 97.3. Morning, team. 28 minutes to six. Nice to have your company this morning. Do you know, I slept so well last night. It's right, normally I wake up about two or three times, but I slept all the way through. In fact, when the alarm went off, I was quite surprised. Because I thought, I'm sure everyone just climbed into bed. That so happened to me last week. Really? Mm. But were you slept I, all the way through? Yes, because I normally, you know, you go to bed thinking, I've got to get up, I've got to get up. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of Thursday mornings for me. And uh, I suppose it's different from you because you, you've changed your body clock. And yes. you get up 
get up early, go to bed early, and all of that. But uh, Thursday mornings are different for me, and I, I go to bed on a Wednesday night about eight, eight-ish. Yeah. And I'm lying there, looking at the clock. Thinking, Staring into the void. It's one o'clock now. Oh, no. And very often I don't sleep at all. Because I'm thinking I've got to get up. Right. So I go to bed after I leave <laughs> Well, you go home. Yes. But um, I forgot what I was going to say now. <laughs> but anyway. It's a, a senior, senior moment. moment. There you go. Yes. We'll have a senior moment. <laughs> uh, I must wish well today. Uh, Noreen, morning. And uh, Brian, not very well at all. So we can only send lots of love and kisses and hope that he gets uh, better very, very soon. She said, it's all very complicated. He's not very well. We're, we're concerned. Listen, you, we'll, we'll do double prayers. Don't you worry. So it'll be, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. But uh, good luck. And that comes from a lot of other yeah. people as well. A lot of other people who, uh, who sent in emails saying, we know he's not very well at the moment, so uh, wish him well. So, Noreen, you've got lots of people thinking about it. That's good, isn't it? Yeah. So I like that kind of thing. We like, we like people who think about other people. Diana Bellstreet says, uh, I'm not exactly sure what's wrong, but I know he's got to go to the doctors again. So, lots of love to you. And she said last night she heard uh, Chris of Crouch End on Clive about 10.35. She said all dead people are asleep in the ground. Clive said, not when they're in ashes. And she said, well, they're still dead. Yes. Very good stuff, isn't it? (laughs) I mean, I'm not sure I can follow that up with at all, but I am delighted to say that here he is. He's our all-singing, all-dancing... Oh, no, it's not him at all, I'm afraid. It's uh, Nathan Morley this morning. In Cyprus. Thank you very much. I thought that was going to be a great, great build-up. I know, and then it turned out to be a backhanded compliment. Yes, well... Well, half right. Half right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm feeling a little under the weather this morning, and Amanda was just saying that everybody is, so... It's... You know what it is? uh, It's the weather. Well, I don't... Yeah. Yeah. Mine's different to yours. (laughs) Yes, I know, because you're you're moving house. Yes, I am, and and I have to be honest... Isn't Very it? stressful. Oh, it's horrible. I've done it four times, and each time I think, right, I'm not going to. I'm not going to get stressed out. And each time I get stressed out. And the weather, nine out of ten times, is against me. Are you moving far? Um, I'm moving around uh, ten kilometres away uh, oh, right. to to, um, uh, to, a, to another property on the coast. I mean, it's the same coastline, right. but um, it, it's it's a, a house I've been looking for with a very high wall. So, <laughs> Pourquoi? Uh, but, Does that, that keep you in or keep others I, out? Well, I, I, you know, it's, it's because of the dog. Yes. I, you know, I love, I, I love to have the... I don't feel I, feel... I feel safe with this, and it's got... You know, it's a very nice house, so I fell in love with it the minute I saw it. But as you both very well know, because I know, Paul, you moved last year, the amount of stress involved... Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's very easy, Nathan. You hire a company to come in and do your packing... Move your stuff and unpack it at the other end, and all you do have is point. And it, it's, well, I, I, it's I, no I, problem at all. I never <laughs> get stressed. It costs money, about, though. Yes, it costs money. Yeah, but but I, I never they get might not have the same moving. thing over there inside, but they might not sure, have. Of course they do. Move and packing. I think they have a man no, with an ox do. cart. They, they do, actually. I'm, I've, I've contacted a company who are coming today, and, and they do the whole thing for you. Right. Uh, well, why are so, you stressed? So, well, I'm stressed because I, because it's just the way I am. I'm stressed about things that I have to get moved, like air conditioners, satellite dishes, phone lines. Do, do you know what I mean? All these yes. little things. Yes, you're right. It's the silly little contracts do. that you've probably got with various companies. Mm. That's yes. right. And you I... need to, of course, have phones in both houses at the same time, you know, yeah. in that transition period. Oh, so, uh, that kind of... And is this a, is this I, a bigger I, I, house? Actually, the house is smaller. 
It's smaller, oh. but it has an enormous swimming pool because I wanted to burn off my, my tummy this year. My, ma- that so. must be one hell of a size swimming pool, then. <laughs> oh, thanks, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the picture. <laughs> <laughs> you and your speedos on the beach. Sorry? <laughs> really? I thought he wasn't wearing anything. I can't anything. hear him. Shut up. He <laughs> <laughs> keeps saying something to me because of the delay, and I now can't hear what he was saying. What were you saying? I was saying I was going to teach Chas to swim this year. Can he not swim? Uh, well, I took him in the sea just before Christmas, mm. and he, he put his paw in and ran away. Not surprised. Uh, but but um, th- th- this year, because, uh, you know, I think he would enjoy swimming. So I'm just going to throw him in. See how it goes. Oh, right. <laughs> we'll, we'll have complaints from dog lovers everywhere now. So you will, you actually, will. a lot of you dogs swim. Yeah, dogs like water. Mm. Dogs like water, generally. So he's just a very fussy guy, and I have, I've always been too protective to, to, to try it out. And I think, well, look, he's, he's coming up to four years old. He should start we live by the sea, you know. He should be swimming, having fun. Yes, it's true. And then, uh, of course, you can go swimming together, or he can sort of just perch on your tummy as you're bobbing around. Yeah, so I could buy him a little lilo, where he can just lay on it and float that, around. That's what I meant, your, your tummy is like a little lilo. <laughs> a little. That's, you're just you're perking me up no end. I feel like a... a, a, a I feel very bad. <laughs> I feel bad this morning, you're just making it a situation. I have to go furniture shopping later oh. with my wife. Right. So you can imagine how things are. Oh, God. So, so you're now boy, but what are you buying? Furniture. Oh, I said furniture. it's a clean sweep. Furniture, yeah. Right. So, but you've already got <laughs> furniture, haven't you? Yeah, I'm going to get rid of most of it, though. And buy, uh, buy I, new. I, I, yeah, yeah. I said, look, you know, this is a chance to 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 get rid of stuff. And do you know what I mean? Sometimes mm. you have to to do that and make a mental decision. I don't want th- this stuff anymore. Mm. And and of course, there's disagreements. But I kind of put my foot down. You know, I can be very stern. <laughs> and very, you know, very, without very a scary. doubt. But why are you moving then? Yeah. Why are you putting yourself through all this stress? Well, I tell you why. It, it's primarily because, uh, I mean, uh, the, the bottom line is I have to go to the capital every day, and it's closer, obviously, right. to, to the capital and to the, to the, to the highway. Uh, and also there's better telecom there, because as you well know, over the years, yes. telecom where I am, I mean, I literally am at the end of the island here, at a place called Cape Greco, which is the very end of the island, so it, you, don't, you can't drive any further. Uh, and our telecom goes down a lot, and uh, just little, and, and as you well know, electricity is constantly cut. And you get to an age, don't you, where you don't want that anymore. So, so that's 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 the reason I think. Oh, I feel like I'm unburdening myself. Actually, no, enjoying I, this. Listen, now. it's listen. <laughs> we've I've often discovered the Steve Allen show is is therapy for a lot of people that can't afford to actually go to an expert. <laughs> <laughs> and they do, Honestly, and, they, and people at the end wait. go. I, in fact, I've had people on the point. They say, I can't believe that I've told you that. Even my boss <laughs> tells me things. And then he says, after he said, I can't believe, he said, I've just sat down and told you that. People, I've, I've obviously got one of those demeanours that people want to yes. tell me things. You have a very calming effect. Well, I like, listen, calming. listen, I'm interested in you, Nathan. Well, I this like, is, this is good. I like listening to your problems, because <laughs> the thing is, over the years, I've learnt to thrive on other people's misery. The more miserable yes. you are the happier I get. <laughs> so, the more you want to unburden yourself on me, the happier I am. My well, shoulders are broad. I mean, I, I, if you start me talking, I'll be on the air until midnight. I mean, I don't know where to start. Let's start with, with you as a child. Were you a happy I child? I was a very happy child, actually, yeah. and uh, I was thinking about this week, because this dreadful Facebook program, you get people coming out of the woodwork, don't mm. you, from your past. 
So I'm trying to unsubscribe. Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to see them. Well, I, I just think it's a very unnatural thing when somebody you haven't spoken to or heard from for 20 years and you remember from class, vaguely remember from class, I have to point out, mm. gets in touch and wants to re-establish communication. It's not a natural thing to do. It's happening simply because this program does it. Mm. You know? Um, and, and I think a lot of fruitcakes come out of the woodwork. And you see old pictures of your classmates who are now bald with pot bellies. Yeah, or, isn't that uh, the horrible thing? With... Because you only remember them as they were. I had a very similar case myself a short while ago with uh, a friend of mine I hadn't seen for ages and ages and ages. And, uh, and, I, and he said, oh, you know, I listen to the programme every day, subscribe to the podcast, blah, blah, blah. You know, perhaps we'll meet up and find out, you know, why we're not talking, all that kind of thing. I'm thinking, but that was a phase in your life that you went through. You know damn well yeah. that you don't think you've aged, but you know you look in the mirror and you have aged. And that's the problem. Really and yeah. they've aged at the same time. And also, and I'm sure you've had this experience. Uh, I, I mean, and I don't think it's—I uh, don't think it's my my, the, my own mentality. The way a lot of these people are just leading a very boring life. I, I get the impression. You know? <laughs> well, probably compared to you, living, they're probably going, "Oh, what, what are you doing now?" And you go, "Well, I, I live near Nicosia, and I broadcast on radio, and I do television." And they go, "Oh, that's really glamorous." You go, and, "And you're doing what?" And they go, "Well, I'm still living in the same town, in a bakery. and I'm working in the bakery because that people. I mean, I, I do sometimes go back home." loosely called home, and I do occasionally see people, I think, I'm sure I went to school with you, you're still living in the same town. Why have you not... Yeah. I mean, I was out of the town at 15. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? I mean, if you do go back to your hometown, and I haven't been to Britain now, my mother told me uh, the other day, I have not been to Britain <laughs> for seven and a half years. Yes, but there's a reason for that, it's because you're not allowed in. Well, yeah, yeah, because I was ordered out, yeah. That's right, But, yes. uh, but that, 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 at the end of 2011, I am allowed back in. But the difference is, of course, and you actually say that you've not been here for seven and a half years, but with uh, Skype and with telephones, you can keep in contact with people. It's not buying, like being in the middle of the jungle. No, no, it's not. It's not that I have any desire, actually, no. to go back to... But you know that if, if ever you want to talk to me, you can phone me at home. If you do, I'll call the police. But, I mean, you can always phone I... at home. <laughs> You can't, I can't tell you what a tremendous reassurance this telephone call has been. <laughs> I'm glad we've helped. Suddenly from being depressed, I now feel almost jubilant. <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to say suicidal. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let the reality kick in. At no, you should uh, always. I mean, I, I had an exchange of, uh, of emails the other night with somebody I've not seen for ages and ages and ages, and it went on for about 20 minutes, backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. And in the end, I yeah. wrote and said, are you the one with the blonde hair in the office? They went, no, you're confusing me. I said, I don't want to continue this conversation. I think I'm talking <laughs> to the wrong person. <laughs> Ruined my night. <laughs> <laughs> you did a webcam, I think. Exactly. I understand, I understand stress, I know, because we've all, Paul's had it, I've had it, Amanda's sort of trying to get it when I'm trying to give it to her, and, you know, lots of other people get it. But it's, it, it's yeah, a phase. In a, in a few weeks' time, you'll laugh. <laughs> I hope so. You know, I hope so. I think everybody tells you this, this is one of the stressful points of your life. Don't they have a list of stressful things like yes. getting married? Get, uh, uh, dying oh, is the first one. De Dying. Dealing with uh, dealing with death is the most stressful thing. Uh, then moving, yeah. uh, losing yeah. jobs, uh, relationships yeah. breaking up. It's all the it's all the usual sort of things. Having no money can make people very depressed. But you know, yeah. moving house should not be stressful. But it and is. I, I don't find it stressful at all. I find it yeah, exciting. Yeah, so you just oh. bark orders to people. Yes, he That's does. Yeah, bark That's, orders. I don't like... bark at anybody. He does. He put his way. He, he'll actually spend a fortune on a house, and then then he'll move. And you think, I mean, why have you just spent that sort of money on that? And the last one, he spent all this money doing the floor and raising it up and doing, and then he moves. <laughs> you know, and you think to yourself, why I did it? 
Sorry? That's why I did it. Oh, right, because of the floor. No, I, no. <laughs> I did the floor to sell the house. Yeah, oh, right. Oh, I see. But Nathan, you did I mean... the floor to sell the house? Yes. Yes, yes. people, people, people that were moving in wanted a floor. Yeah. <laughs> it had a floor before, of course. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, it's just one of these people who panics. No, don't, listen, just think calm thoughts. If ever you get over... The, the thing that stresses people out moving is trying to get it all done because somebody else is moving in to your place. And I yeah. remember when I moved time before last, the people were sitting outside my house with a removal van and we hadn't moved half of it because I did it myself well, with some friends. And they're sitting there, the rain is tipping here. down and they're actually going, listen, you should have been out by now. So I ended up leaving the wardrobes, the garden furniture, uh-huh. everything. No, because that's it was just... not going to happen here. No. I've got an extra... I, 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 I'm not going to do anything with this house until I'm in that one. Yeah, that's good so, idea. So, you, uh, that would just be too stressful. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Mr. Chas has to go to a doggy hotel for a few weeks. Right. So, obviously, that adds to the stress, as you appreciate. But just but think, I'm, what you I'm know. Gonna, Go on. I'm going to put it all on paper and email you right now. I mean, oh one of those n- enormous emails, which oh. I'm famed for. M- m- make a mental note, Amanda. Cancel his email account. Don't want any of that dreary <laughs> rubbish coming in and flooding up my box today. <laughs> anyway, listen, Nathan, always a pleasure. Yes, thanks, gentlemen. You've made me feel uh, better, I suppose. Good. Enjoy your new house. Yes, enjoy your new house. Thank en- you. Enjoy. If you need anything, don't call us, all right? Yes, I've got the feeling. I'm getting the vibe. Getting the message? I'm getting the vibe. Good, that's yeah. fine. But we wish and, you the very best. Popping, if you're ever popping through Cyprus and fancy a barbecue and a swim... Don't come to my house. Certainly won't. You'll be the only pool with a dog floating around in it. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you next week, though. Cheers, fellas. Why don't you go? Good luck. Nathan Morley, our man in Cyprus, is he? It's not just you at home who has stress. Even young Nathan gets it, too. 14 to 6. News headlines. First, the bank has got a grilling. Now it's Gordon Brown's turn to face MPs about the state of the economy. As government debt increases and the recession deepens, the political pressure on the Prime Minister's mounting. Meanwhile, David Cameron will be speaking to Nick Ferrari from 8.30 here on LBC. There's hope for sufferers of an aggressive form of breast cancer that targets younger women. A new £4.2 million research unit starts at Guy's Hospital in London, dedicated to treating triple-negative breast cancer. And the head of Transport for London will be called to account later over the travel chaos that followed last week's heavy snowfall. The London Assembly is reviewing why the extreme weather caused so many delays and cancellations on the buses and tubes. Let's have a check on the state of the roads. Let's try and make sure we get you to work nice and quick this morning. I bet you're thrilled. Here he is. It's Hugh Broom. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, we'll start the tubes, actually. There's no service currently on the... Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's ten to six. It's Thursday morning, and it's freezing in the studio this morning. Paul Saver is with us, being Thursday. Hi, good morning. And uh, Paul D says, haven't got a chippy at all in Earl's Court. Junk food at Al, but no fish and chips. Did have two for years, but sadly no more. Oh, the one by the Colhern must have gone closed yeah. down. Yes, you remember that? that? I sad. Remember... Yes. Funny thing is, I mean, they've got one in Richmond, and that's not yeah, bad, there's but only, a, there's there's a only the one, I think. Place yeah. In Earl's Court, down the other side of chicken the... Chicken and chips. Chicken and chips. Can't bear chicken. Uh, <laughs> disgusting Um, now, Bryn and, uh, Annie are off to France tomorrow night for two weeks. Nice. He's just been in hospital, mm-hmm. because he had a diabetic, uh, they call it an incident, but he went into a coma, because oh his uh, diabetes dropped, so he's fine now. And uh, they're looking forward to it. I think they're, they're propping each other up at the moment, aren't you two? But they're off to France, and they're still listening over there. But he says, the perks of reaching 50, or being over 60 and heading towards 70. One, kidnappers are not interested in you. <laughs> two, in a hostage situation, you're likely to be released first. 
Three, no one expects you to run anywhere. Four, people call at 9pm and say, did I wake you? <laughs> Five, people no longer view you as a hypochondriac. Six, things you buy now won't wear out. There's a worry, isn't it? Oh, dear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Eight, you can eat supper at 4pm. Nine, you can live without sex, but not your glasses. Ten, you get into heated arguments about pension plans. And eleven, you no longer think of speed limits as a challenge. (laughs) (laughs) These are very good, actually, Bryn. He says, you quit trying to hold your stomach in, no matter who walks in the room. Come on, we've all done that. I've done that. You know when you you lie down and you think, oh, heavens above, it's gone either side of my body. And that you should walk in and you could could hold your tummy in, which is quite good. Uh, Further down the list... He says, 19, you can't remember who sent you this list. And 20, and you notice these are all in big print for your convenience. <laughs> and here's our advice of the day, and we've done this one before. Never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, take a sleeping pill and a laxative on the same night. <laughs> <laughs> Bryn and Annie, you have a nice time in France. You enjoy that break. Well worth it. Well worth it. Paul. Steve, going back to the subject of fish and chips, scientists say we love the smell of chips because they include a mixture of aromas, including butterscotch, onion and ironing boards. But why do they waste money doing this stupid survey? What what is the purpose behind that? Well, I don't know. But the researcher, Dr Graham Clayton, said the chip doesn't smell of just chips. One might not expect to find butterscotch or cocoa aromas in (laughs) chips, but they're just part of the overall aroma. (laughs) The aroma is much more complex and probably explains why chips are everyone's favourite. We found lightly cooked or undercooked chips contain three simple aromas like bitter cocoa. Extra cooking produced up to nine different aromas. The study was carried out at Leeds University. It was commissioned... Here we are, by the Potato Council for oh. National Chip Week. Oh, here we go. We'll be having chips delivered next. When crisps delivered the other day, and somebody very like, and it wasn't me, somebody got delivered in this building um, chocolate brownies with chocolate sauce on, which came in beautiful cocktail glasses. It was on a freezing day two two days ago, and the, these girls turned up in little niggly giggly things, and they delivered it downstairs. Mm-hmm. I think Gary nearly passed out. But anyway, so they, 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 I don't think it was Gary on that day. But it, was, it looked really nice, this food. And I, then I thought, oh, it's chocolate, I can't have it. <laughs> well, Got another one of these frothy no, coffees from the machine, you. actually, here. Frothy coffee? Yeah. The strange thing is, we discovered the other day, the machine doesn't actually do frothy coffee. So there, there's the worry <laughs> for most of us. But anyway, I try and sort of put that to one side. It's, it's just fermenting a little bit. <laughs> it's, well, I did say yesterday she's got a particularly bad cold at the moment, so... <laughs> <laughs> kind of put everybody off. Anyway, we do have a How Low, and it's a Toshiba laptop. Finishes at five. I just love that line. It's just so funny. <laughs> it's like there are certain rude words that I think are very funny, but you can't use them on the radio because they upset people. <laughs> words like get a job and things like that. Anyway, 5.30... Apparently, this one finishes today. Toshiba laptop. Uh, it's preloaded with Windows Vista. 160 gigabytes of hard drive, so it's a biggie. Uh, it's light and small enough for you to carry around town. Lowest unique bid will win. Lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Be quick. Auction closes at 5.30 today. And you know, I, I would only head you in the right direction. You text LBC, followed by your bid in pence, and send it to 88821. So, for example, Paul, if you think it's going to go for... Oh, sorry. 35p? <laughs> 35p. <laughs> I <coughs> brought my cough on now. 35p. I you were going to tell me. No, well, I wish. <laughs> you text LBC, 
35p, 35, and then just send that to treble H21. There don't have to be gaps or anything else. It can just all be on the same line. Simple as that. So LBC, then your bid in pence and send it to treble H21. Makes no difference whether you do it as long as you send it to treble H21. The bid will cost £1.50 plus your standard network rate. Lines close at 5.30 today. You must be over 16. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. You're laughing for some reason. I am. We're just very happy at LBC at the <laughs> I'm moment. I'm just reading a story. Oh, oh, right. <laughs> Noddy and Big Ears, no, Naughty's Girl in Class, Ballet Shoes, which one? <laughs> which one are you reading? It's Alan Dodgen in ba- Ballet Shoes. Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, actually, it's a very... I've forgotten who, who wrote Ballet Shoes, actually. It was uh, Noel Streetfield, or Streetfield, I think. Right, just remembered. Shoes. Yeah, just remembered. <laughs> because they also... She also wrote The Circus Is Coming, one of my favourites. Anyway, have you got a quickie? Uh, a quickie? Always does this to me. Well, it's all a yes. minute and a half. Se- <laughs> Ooh, Ooh, the revolting this morning. Secret Service oh. agents in Ukraine have impounded... <laughs> Hundreds of tons of bananas for five months. Why? The Ukrainian Secret Service, the SBU, impounded a Greek-owned cargo ship loaded with bananas as part of a drug smuggling investigation. (laughs) No drugs have been found, but security chiefs have said they will not release the ship, which is being held in Odessa. Now, the ship's crew has been issued with nuclear war-style biohazard suits and respirators to protect them because rotting bananas give off toxic fumes. No. Valerie Osipov, head of the uh, local ecology group, said, we're now raising this with the SBU, the Port Authority and the Regional Environment Department. They need to understand the situation and release the crew from banana poison. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sounds like an Avengers story, doesn't it? It does a bit, Mrs Peel. Do you know, strange, I've just Banana started... Peel! <laughs> Never mind. Oh, my Lord. That's the state of it this morning, though. I do apologise. <laughs> He's old and not well. I told you he'd perk up a bit. Oh, you see? excuse me. Whatever happens, you're always older than me. Actually, strange enough, I'm older than Nick Ferrari. I discovered the other day. How depressed was I? <laughs> I went into a deep decline over the day. Uh, anyway, actually, I've got on my, my I've got two two favourite bus drivers in uh, Twickenham. I got on the other day. Hello, princess. I always get <laughs> princess. Yes, hello, princess. <laughs> well, actually, you didn't say that yesterday because I said I thought you were dead because uh, I hadn't seen you for some while. Dan, I see a lot, but anyway. Uh, now, Anne says I wanted to enter your how low. Uh, and some LBC presenters say put a space in and others don't mention a space. Makes no difference at all, actually, Anne. Makes no difference. So rest assured it's good. And I did like the pictures of the deep and crispy snow in your garden. In fact, we've all taken pictures this week, of even a picture of my car, deep and crispy. And they keep saying there's more on the way. And I looked on the television the other day and I thought, up north, these people really suffer. But there again, you know, you choose to live up there, you suffer, I'm afraid. It's one of those unfortunate things. If you are listening up north, hello, how are you? How are you today? <laughs> well, they're starved of good radio, I tell you. I've been up there. Stop I've been up it. there. Listen, uh, we've got more to come the other side of the news, which is next on LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast, and you're very welcome. Paracetamol. From your point of view, that Morning, everybody. It's eight minutes past six. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast, LBC 97.3. By the time you've finished listening to this programme, you'll think you've read every single newspaper, because we get through as many stories as we can that people are going to be talking about later on, be they good, bad or indifferent. Sad news is, in this part of the programme, Paul Saver has had to leave us, because he's really not at all well, I'm afraid. He came in... And uh, we made it, it's probably the peppermint tea Amanda gave him, it's probably poisoned or something. And, uh, and we gave him peppermint tea, and uh, just about five minutes ago he said, I'm, I'm really not very well. And he, really, if he leaves the studio, believe you me, he really isn't very well at all. So we wish him the very best, and I'll phone him later and check that he's OK. So uh, he's not well. He thinks it's probably food poisoning. And you know how, how ill people can be on, you know, if you've only got to eat something. We did something once on the programme, we did cooking. 
years and years ago, and we did prawns. And I remember we had a guest on, and, and they were cooking prawns. Well, you can become ill on prawns quicker than anything else. Fish that is off, and you can smell it, can't you? If you pick up fish, you know it's going to be off. But this one, the, the prawns were cooked in garlic. So all you could smell, in this, they smelled delicious. Luckily, I don't eat prawns. So I'm fine. I can eat little uh, little things that go in the prawn cocktails, but I don't actually eat prawns where you take the head... Ooh, none of that kind of stuff. And so they were all being cooked in this garlic. So the studio smelt quite delicious. Unfortunately, the guest was so ill overnight because they'd been, they obviously weren't sort of the freshest of prawns, but that's all in the past, luckily. Uh, right, apart from... Let's whiz through some of the stories which you're going to be talking about later on today. Either on LBC or in the pub or on the bus or in the hairdressers, wherever it is. The cheeky girl's going bust. Nobody actually cares anymore, do they? Um, here's Rebecca Luce, who sold a story again that she's pregnant. Big deal. Not married, but uh, I suppose that's something to be applauded nowadays. Um, the shocked warehouse man who was sacked for displaying the Daily Star's British jobs for British workers says we're not racist. Isn't it amazing? I seem to be reading this in every paper every day. At least somebody comes out and goes, I'm not racist. That's all I seem to hear nowadays. But there is something that I do want. And it's in a London art exhibition. It's a TARDIS, but it appears to be made out of uh, just a mirrored material. It looks fantastic. It's, it's a police phone box, but mirrored. And it's or silvered, or whatever they call it. It looks fantastic. It's on show in the Russian Linesman, a Southbank exhibition named after Tofik uh, Boroshmakov, who allowed... Uh, a disputed goal as England won the 1966 World Cup. Worth time travelling to see again. Looks fantastic. You'll really, really like that. I can't quite get my head around the story today, and you probably can't, of the mum who was caged for killing her two-year-old daughter and letting her lover beat her to death. I mean, these, I mean, these people don't deserve to live, I'm afraid. This is uh, the poor little girl who was uh, Sanam Navsaka, had both arms and legs smashed suffered 107, count them, 107 uh, other appalling injuries in one month, and her mother did nothing to help. As, what sort of person could ever do that? I hope that Anwar, when you get into prison, they do something really horrible to you. I think anybody who attacks little children who can do nothing... Her mother, Zabina, even refused to take her daughter to hospital as she was repeatedly beaten by Subhan Anwar with a metal pole. I mean, she was found guilty of manslaughter and jailed for nine years, which means she could be released in less than five. And I find that pretty disgusting. And uh, he's been uh, sentenced to spend at least 23 years behind bars. What sort of person... What sort of... I mean, luckily, they do read papers in uh, prison and they do meter out their own justice. They've got photographs uh, of, the, of the injury and a cupboard that she was thrown in. She was kept in a cupboard. I mean, it's just... You can't... You know, we had all this with, with Baby P, didn't we? All over again, the sort of... People out there who can perpetrate these sort of crimes, I'm afraid, just don't deserve to live. They really don't. How do you feel? This one, I mean, I don't know if this one's going to get people going or not today. Strangely enough, having pulled apart the Subway's misleading advert in the papers where they're showing a breakfast sub and a can of Tropicana and then proudly telling you that, in fact, it doesn't include the Tropicana, I'm urging students today to go in there and go, will you put it in your advert? We'd quite like it. There could be riots, I think. Could be riots. Or failing that, they'll vote with their feet and go somewhere else. But this is a pizza chain who have opened a Muslim branch. This is Domino's. Now, as far as I know, Domino's is um, a franchise. You take out a franchise. So if they want to do it halal, that's entirely up to them. Uh, this one uh, does not do pepperoni, ham or bacon. Because it's halal. I don't actually see... They say there's outrage at the Muslim-only Domino's pizza. Why? Why would there be outrage at that? If, if Muslims want to eat 
pizza, and they go to Domino's and go, well, can we have, what, what can we have? And they go, well, um, we do this one with meat. No, we can't have that. Uh, we've got bacon. No, we're Muslim. So they go, all right, well, you go to this Domino's, because that's where they, they're all doing it. You don't, I mean, all of our chicken places around Twicken, including the Kentucky, are halal. Every single one of them, and quite happily, everybody's eating it who isn't Muslim, so I don't see why it makes any difference. And the some bloke here, he said, it's absolutely outrageous. You think, why? That's like going to a vegetarian restaurant, go, excuse me, have you got meat? No, it's a vegetarian restaurant. Well, why haven't you got meat? Listen, thicko, it's a vegetarian restaurant. So I don't have any problem with this. It's only one in the country. Strangely enough, Subway also uh, do halal in many of their stores. So there you go. There you go. If they don't tell you, you don't know. But 99% of the chicken places are run by Muslims. They're selling halal, OK? They don't have to put it on there. If you don't know that, that's neither here nor there. And also, uh, Batman is coming in. Or Batwoman, actually. Turns out she's going to be a lesbian. Don't know how that's going to affect everybody today. Keep Crusader. Mm, I don't know. I quite like this. You're wearing beige. I like you a lot. 14 minutes past six. LBC 97.3. The Deviant. Morning, team. So we wish, uh, we hope that uh, Paul Savory is getting home okay this morning. Not very well indeed. Uh, Graham says, we've seen that advert on the television using the Wicked Witch from Wicked. But strangely enough, it's an orange advert, but I love it. I mean, every time I see anybody with a green face, it says Wicked. But my favourite advert at the moment is definitely the one with the two kids sitting there and their, uh, their eyebrows are dancing to the thing. And then the girl sits there with the balloon and go, <laughs> and well, I just crack up. It's the, if you haven't seen it, it must be on YouTube. Mind you, if you really want to see something funny on YouTube, type in Preston on Nevermind the Buzzcocks. You remember Preston. Preston was that dreary no-hoper who goes on Nevermind the Buzzcocks, quite clearly doesn't get the whole idea of the Buzzcocks, is to take the mickey out of you. So Simon Anstel is sort of taking the mickey out of him, and Preston, quite clearly the most boring man under the sun, doesn't get the gag. And then, when Simon Anstel starts reading out quotes from uh, Chantel, living the dream... Unfortunately, Chantel, I tell you, a thick woman or what? I mean, it's almost an embarrassment to women everywhere, I'm afraid. And he reads out, and Preston gets up and walks out. And it's fantastic. But the advert for the Cadbury's Dairy Milk with the two kids, when she brings out the balloon... I just laugh. I laugh. You must, you must check it out on YouTube. Type in advert with kids or something like that. It'll come up. Anyway, here he is, head man at What's On Stage magazine. Morning, Roger Foss. Good morning, Steve. I can't wait to see this ad you're talking Have about. Have you not the seen it? No, oh, I haven't. It's two little kids sitting on a box, and yeah. one pushes his watch, and it starts playing a little tune, and their eyebrows start going up and down, and then the little girl who's got glasses next to him looks to him, her eyebrows start going. Then she br- they're doing it to a rap tune. Then she brings out a little balloon... It's the yes. funniest thing ever. It's worth doing. Hopefully as good oh, as Alison Stedman. <laughs> Alison Stedman, yes. She is the funniest thing in the West End at the moment. <laughs> so she should Her be. Her eyebrows <laughs> pop up and down, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I had a few other bits as well. She's doing Alan bennett shit at the moment. <laughs> She's in, a, in this Alan Bennett play. It's actually called Enjoy. And I, I think, you know, it, it, uh, when it came out, actually, originally in 1980... It was a flop. Nobody enjoyed it, you know. And I don't know why Joan Plowright was in it then. Oh, wow. But, but yeah, I know, Lady Olivia, no less. But um, now, I mean, for some reason, this is an Alan Bennett play that, that really deserves to be brought back again. And, uh, and she is amazing. You know, the great thing about this is that it's, for people of a certain generation, it's the, it's the sort of family... That, that you kind of might remember, you know, it's set in Leeds, actually, in, in, in 1980, and it's mum and dad, you know, living in, a, in, a, in the last, the very last back-to-back 
house in a in a in an area that's all being knocked down <laughs> and so Alison Stedman is the mum and she's one of those women I kind of remember in a way from when I was a kid you know they they wore crossover pinnies uh they kept the house like a palace including oh, yes. the loo oh yes um they're always out with a pledge you know dusting and yes. polishing everything yes. um keeping the neck curtains clean you know respectable yeah. And dad as well, and they're always arguing. And um, and in this play, <laughs> they decided well they're going to knock it down, but not the place down. But they're also going to they're also going to take the, the entire place to a theme park and put it into a in, no. make it into a museum piece. Oh. And it's really quite bizarre. I mean, this it's like Alan Bennett, like you've never seen, with one of the funniest scenes ever, where. Mum, mum, and the next door neighbour, who's another crossover pinny lady with a perm, and they, she, they, dad has apparently died, and they lay her, lay him out in the in the front room, and try to wash the body. But there's there's one bit that simply will not lay down and die, and you kind of know what I mean by that. No. And I mean, I had the woman sitting next to me was in absolute hysterics. I thought she was going to wet herself, <laughs> and I, I nearly did too. I guess I, in consonant I mean, moments. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot you can do about it. <laughs> no, there isn't really once you reach a certain age, is there? But <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, David Troughton, by the way, is, is dad. Oh, wow. um, yeah, I know. I mean, he's, he's, his father Troughton was now? Patrick Troughton, yes. wasn't he? It was know, a Doctor, Doctor Who. Who. Yeah. Good Lord. With that craggy face. Yes, you know. loved him, loved him. I thought he was great, a great Doctor. Anyway, David Troughton is dad, and... And this really is is just absolutely brilliant Alan Bennett stuff with the son, the son of the family who turns up. We don't really quite know this, but you can guess he turns up in drag. I mean, it's bizarre. <laughs> Lord, <laughs> <laughs> almost like um, Joe Orton. You know, it's kind of a bit like a black comedy. And and so what I'm I, it just struck me was we've got Alison Steadman in Enjoy. We were talking last week about Imelda Staunton in Mr. Sloan, entertaining Mr. Sloan, the great Joe mm. Orton black comedy, you know, um, full of sex and, you know, her seducing Matthew Horn is just in a negligee. Not him, her, I mean. And, um, <laughs> and then this <laughs> Merely week time. Had, yeah, <laughs> Janie D opening in a play called Woman in Bi- Mind by Alan Akeborn, in which she plays a, a vicar's wife who bangs herself on the head. She st- steps on the fork and it hits her on the head and... She gets into this sort of fantasy world about her own life. And it's, again, you know, Alan Eggborn directing it. It's just absolutely brilliant. So I keep thinking this, you know, although we've got loads of great musicals around and, and all of that, West End stuff and Oliver and Wicked and, and uh, Now Spring Awakening and, and so on, we've also got great plays in the West End, yes. although they are all are revivals. But, you know... Doesn't matter. Don't see a, eh? Doesn't matter they're revivals. No, it doesn't, does it? I it mean, put, if they're puts good, bums they on seats, yeah, if, if they're actually Absolutely. good enough. It's interesting that uh, Graham Norton uh, opened the other night their press night for Carjo Foll. And yeah. uh, I've spoken to a lot of people. Some absolutely loved it. Some said, well, of course, he can't sing, you know. No, that's right. Can't he, sing he for, for Toffee. He admits he can't oh. sing because when he came in to talk to me, he said, I can't sing. But strangely enough, he had a singing teacher, and it's that ghastly woman I can't bear off loose women, Zoe Tyler, yeah. who apparently is this. Yeah. And you think, but he can't sing. There's no <laughs> point in having a singing teacher. He's admitted he can't sing. I know, and he can't act either. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Doesn't help. Although, did, he, did he not start as an actor? I think he... Well, no, he started out doing that act as a, as a nun, didn't he, with a tea towel over his head, Sister 
or oh. whatever it is, Mother Teresa of, of um, Dublin or something. I can't remember that, but oh, he used right. to swan around. He did actually stage. pop up in, in Father Ted. Yes, that's right. But that's you can do that, can't you? It's not the same as it's not the same as being acting, on stage no. all evening holding the whole kind of yeah. thing together. I did mean, you see it you the know, other night? I, I'm going next week. Right. So I'll be, I'll be I'm curious to hear, hear what you think. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm really curious as well to see. Yeah. Having, you know, I mean, I really do admire him. I think that's quite brave, actually, mm. to take this on. It's obviously something he wants to do, and he's wanted to do it for a long time. Well, they, they, they've given him some funny lines, which I remember saying to somebody yesterday, I said that the trouble is the, the whole show revolves around... Alban, and you've got to believe in Alban, and this 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 pathos. One minute very funny, yeah. next minute there's an awful lot of pathos, and you have to believe it's yeah. the character, not the person playing him. Absolutely. So I'll, I'll be curious to know what what you think next week. That's what you call acting, isn't it? Absolutely, and that's really? why we shall we shall leave it there. We shall give a big All thumbs right. up to Alison Stedman. Alison Stedman in Enjoy It, fantastic. Janie D in Woman in Mind, amazing. Melda Staunton in Entertaining Mr Sloan. Absolutely out of this world. So Fantastic. great stuff. All right, and also out of this world, Roger Foss. Bless your heart. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, Mr. Steve. Bye. Take care. Roger Foss, headman at What's On Stage magazine. So apart from checking, you have to. I know that Roger is going to check out this advert. I think if you go to YouTube and type in Cadbury's advert, and it will come up these two. It, I promise you, it is so funny. It's wonderful. But Preston walking off the. Never mind the buzzcocks. And I do remember thinking to myself, I wonder where Preston is now. And the answer is, he's nowhere. Uh, where is Chantel now? Well, having listened to her voice, I'm surprised she didn't get any man. I mean, really, the dreariest bore ever. But we do have to celebrate a birthday today, because we have a big birthday at LBC, and it's weatherman Chris Lowry's birthday today, and I'm not allowed to tell you how old he is. This is LBC 97... Thanks very much. 26 minutes to uh, 7. We'll find out how we did in horse racing in a moment. First of all, all the other sporting news with our sports editor, Phil Blacker. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Good morning. England's five-match winning run under Fabio Capello came to an end last night as they were beaten 2-0 by European champion Spain in Seville. Goals from David Villa and Fernando Lorente won it for the home team. But David Beckham made history as he came on as a half-time substitute to win his 108th England cap and equal Bobby Moore's record for an outfield player. Goalkeeper Peter Shilton holds the overall record with 125 appearances but says Beckham's achievement is particularly impressive. To play over 100 games for your country especially in that midfield area. I mean, it's, you know, there's a lot of uh, hard work and stamina needed in that area, and, and as you get older, that's the first thing that tends to go. Meanwhile, Beckham's future at club level could be sorted by tomorrow. Major League Soccer have set that deadline for AC Milan to try and make his loan move from LA Galaxy a permanent one. Two Robbie Keane goals helped the Republic of Ireland come from behind to beat Georgia 2-1 in their World Cup qualifier in Dublin last night. Put some level on points with world champions Italy in their group. Northern Ireland moved into second place in their section after a 3-0 win at San Marino. But Wales lost 1-0 in their friendly against Poland. Captain Craig Bellamy was involved in a row with a fan afterwards who heckled him during a TV interview. Gus Hedding will arrive in London in the next day or so to meet the Chelsea players after being appointed as manager until the end of the season. The Russia coach is already being tipped to stay longer if he's successful at Stamford Bridge. Blues midfielder Frank Lampard says they've still got a chance of winning three trophies this season. We'll never give up on the lead till it's out of the question, so we want to keep pushing there, but we want to try and win whatever we're involved in. Real Madrid remain the richest football club in the world, just ahead of Manchester United. The annual list that records the top 20 revenue-generating clubs in the world, and this year includes seven from England. It's compiled by Deloitte, whose spokesman Alan Switzer admits it's only wider economic issues that kept United off the top. If it hadn't been for Sterling's decline against the Euro, that Manchester United's fantastic on-field season last year would have meant that they would have overtaken Real Madrid. 
And the weather's once again causing problems with today's racing. The uh, national hunt meeting at Kelso was abandoned yesterday and Chepstow subject to a morning inspection. There are flat cards, though, at Kempton and Southall. And Steve Allen's racing tip is next. LBC Sport with Dawkins Bailiffs, helping commercial landlords get what they're owed. I but sneezing at the moment, it's dreadful, isn't it? I did it in the car this morning, did it sitting in the newsroom, now I did it in the studio, sorry about that. Anyway, uh, both selections in the same race again, another head-to-head clash, this one went to Mr Blacker, says Alex, as this was his first to be a non-runner closely followed by mine. Mm. The two, two non-runners in the race, I think, were our two selections Both yours, yesterday. Mr Napoleon and Sheer Fantastic, but it doesn't matter because you're still in profit. £7.72, and uh, Alex's Mr Napoleon uh, still meant that he was £28.34 in the red. So today's donkey. Here we go. Three o'clock at Southall. Mm-hmm. Not you, no. Three o'clock at Southall. Rawdon. R-A-W-D-O-N. Win only. Rawdon. OK. Are you I've go for? gone for a different, different race for a change. We have been uh, going head-to-head recently, but I've gone to Kempton. Uh, five plus four, Mission Control. Mission Control. Yeah. OK, I quite like the sound of that. Won't win, of course, but I like the sound <laughs> <laughs> Mission Control at Kent. What time was that one? Uh, 4.05. 4.05, OK. And 3 o'clock at Southall, Rawdon for, uh, for Alex. So we'll find out tomorrow morning how we did. It'd be nice to have another winner for you. It would. Yes. Got a, a whole day without one. Yes. <laughs> like going without alcohol, isn't it, really? Going a whole day without alcohol, as I said, you know. Two weeks without a drink. Two weeks without a drink. Nothing L- at all. Really. Two days short of two weeks, but no. Two days short of two. Nothing t- at all. It's not easy, is it? It's I don't not. care what anybody says. You know, if, if you're used to going out and having a couple of pints after work, and all of a sudden you don't do that. It was like when, mm. I, when I gave up smoking, I thought, what do I do with my hands? You know, and, and in between... Well, you know, luckily. <laughs> so I took up macrame basket so working. something. Exactly. But, but to give up drinking, you think, so what do I do? Do I have a cup of tea or mm. should I drink some water? So what, what are you substituting it with? Well, I'm still experimenting. I've tried orange juices, Cokes... Oh. Um, lime and uh, lime and soda. Oh, it's but boring, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's none, none of it's working. It's for not me. working. I don't. Know. Have you tried non-alcoholic? I, I did that a while back, but I just doesn't just work. Does wrong, it? No, it I know. Work. It's like I never understand the point of sort of vegetarian sausages. No, exactly. You know, they, 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 it looks like a sausage, but it doesn't taste like a sausage. But obviously, vegetarians like the shape, so they <laughs> go for things like that. But for, for alcohol people, they go, oh, it's it's non-alcohol beer. Well, drink water then. Exactly. It's you might as well. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you're, you're, you're looking well on it. Well, I don't know about that. But no, I, well, I'm, I'm just being kind. <laughs> Supposedly got three months. This expression. <laughs> <laughs> three months? Supposedly. With not having anything. It's, it's all part of the, the boxing training. Oh, lummy. I think, could, could you do it this week or something and get it over and done with? <laughs> fast. <laughs> you can go back to drinking for the weekend. Yeah. Three months a that long time. Seat me, yeah. interested to see how, how many walls you're going to be crawling up mm. by the end of it. I bet, I bet that the night after you've, you've done this blooming thing, you'll be straight down the bar. Oh, absolutely. And drunk in Probably, about five yeah, in seconds. In about a pint, yeah. <laughs> Phil, thank you for that very much. Thank you. Phil's back with us uh, later on with Nick Ferrari this morning. His paper review is David Hall, the journalist and editor of the Alan Titchmarsh Show. They're going to be talking about, as we uh, celebrate the 200th anniversary of Charles Darwin's birth, how his ideas have changed the world. And also, of course... Your chance to put questions to David Cameron, leader of the Conservatives and MP for Whitney, after the news at 8.30 this morning. David Cameron will be live in the studio. Uh, Richie says, good luck to Paul on the way home. Sorry to hear that he, uh, he wasn't well. It's terrible, isn't it, really? He, he really wasn't well. If somebody's that ill and they leave... Uh, Colin says, uh, coincidentally, being Charles Darwin's birthday today, it's mine too. Even more coincidentally, when I get up for work, go to the bathroom, turn on the light and look in the mirror, I swear I'm looking at the origin of the species. Every day, but not today, coincidentally. And, of course, they brought out the stamps to celebrate, which we did uh, yesterday on the programme. And very nice they are, too, because, you know, I love collecting these stamps. And these are the uh, the Darwin ones. Zoology, 
uh, botany, geology, ornithology, anthropology, and they've got a picture of Darwin and a picture of the Galapagos Islands and uh, a very rare orchid and an orangutan, some birds and one of those horrible things that clings to the rock in the Galapagos Islands, which I can't remember, one of those sort of lizard-type things. There's a story in the paper today, and I only mention it because it's, it's a shame it's a visual story, you're not going to appreciate it, but when Archbishop Jonathan Blake's sons told him of their latest school project, he was determined that they would win. Wanting to be photographed in an unusual spot, the colourful churchman had the idea of placing the boys on top of their chimney 40 feet above the ground. So all the papers today are full of this picture. Archbishop Blake may have impressed the boys' classmates. It didn't have the same effect on local police, who, alerted by neighbours, arrested him on suspicion of child neglect. I mean, to be honest with you, he says that they were um, attached to the uh, chimney pot with some sort of harness. It has to be said that they are all keen rock climbers. So what he did was... One of his boys obviously climbed up, sat on the chimney reading this book. Please come round, arrest him, take him away in handcuffs. And that's child neglect, even though the Thomas More Primary School in Bexley Heath to mark book reading week and the rules were to be photographed reading in the most obscure place possible. This one seems pretty obscure and the photograph does look quite funny. But to have him arrested and handcuffed does seem a little bit over the top. He was released on police bail, and now he and his wife may face a social services investigation over the incident. You would think social services would have something better to do, would you not? I mean, let's face it, they appear to be totally inept when it comes to looking after children being abused, but a kid who's a keen rock climber sitting on top of a chimney stack, admittedly, I wouldn't want to do it, but they seem to be uh, more than happy to do it. Them, they're probably going to end up sort of creating a big fuss over, because obviously the British public go, oh, isn't it dreadful? Isn't it dreadful? Uh, Steve, listening to you in uh, beautiful Northumberland on my DAB radio, says Val. Northumberland. I know nothing about Northumberland. I want to go and live in Dorset, I've decided, having seen it on the television yesterday. That really did uh, look absolutely wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. More of your texts and emails. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh... Another one for Johnny of Brixton wants music featuring angels whenever Chris of Crouch End is mentioned. You know, one of those things you go, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I think Clive should do that. I think that, that actually could be quite funny, I think. That actually could be quite funny. Uh, Stephen in Liverpool says that uh, poor child who died, having children is a privilege, not a right. That's the only thing you can't stop. You've only got to look at the Jeremy Kyle show to realise that there's some absolutely dreadful people allowed to bring up children. Dreadful. Uh, Stephen, I don't understand the Domino's meat-free branch... Domino's has always done make your own pizza so you can have it how you want, with or without meat. This branch will just stop people who eat meat being able to order a pizza from there. I don't know. Do Domino's do it? Yes, you make your own pizza, can't you? So I'm sure... But I suppose it's... Uh, they can have halal. So if they say it's halal, it comes in a different way, so that's OK. The Cadbury's Kid advert is available for download from their website, which is good. Uh, and Stevie says, uh, Steve, the boyfriend, got tickets for Priscilla in March for his birthday. How wonderful. I think you should enjoy I'm looking forward to seeing that as well. Looking forward to seeing that. Uh, does anybody know who the commentator is on Come Dine With Me? Yes, Dave Lamb, I think, is the commentator. Although, I mean, I still enjoy watching Come Dine With Me on the television. They've started um, putting stupid people on there, people who you end up hating within about five seconds, I'm afraid. Uh, Rebecca Luce, I mentioned earlier on. She's in uh, most of the papers today. Uh, also, uh, Rihanna... Bust up over Leona. Prince Harry's being sent on this army equality course in a bid to stop his racist gaffes. They've quite clearly got it in for him, and the Daily Mirror can't think of anything else to put on the front page, because there's nothing else. And Rupert Everett is to make his Broadway debut. 
And here she is, finally made the front page of Vogue magazine, Michelle Obama, the first lady the world's been waiting to see. And uh, good that she is on there too. So well done to her. She's a Vogue cover girl. More on um, Boris Johnson doing a Gordon Ramsay and using the F word 20 times in a gutter rant. The trouble is, Princess Margaret used to use every swear word under the sun, and nobody ever said anything about her. Why it should make any difference? Let's face it, we watch Gordon Ramsay on the television. That seems fair enough, doesn't it? There, there, are, there are children who swear nowadays. It certainly isn't a newspaper story. Still to come, some more from there, and uh, more of your texts. 84850 This is LBC 97.3. Strangely enough, I bet you today somebody's going to be talking about annoying music on adverts. They've just done a a poll. And uh, what what do you think is the most annoying TV ad music? Believe it or not, it's Sheila's Wheels. Apparently, nobody likes it. Um, More than one in four people said the Bonza car insurance deals jingle was the worst. Then the Halifax's Howard singing Who Gives You Extra. Oh, God, I couldn't bear him. Couldn't stand him. Uh, followed by the woman doing <laughs> the shake and vac. I thought she was quite good. That should be quite liked her. Walls is just one Cornetto. The AA's You've Got a Friend and the Crazy Fog ringtone also made the top ten. Cadbury's In the Air Tonight and featuring a drumming gorilla was picked as one of the favourites by one in four people. You've got to watch the Cadbury's advert at the moment with the two kids. It's the, when she brings the balloon out, it's the piece de resistance. It's the icing on the cake. Michael Caine, not a lot of people know this, is talking about his marriage today. He said, I'm at that age where I, c- I can do what I want to do. He said, if I don't want to get up at six o'clock in the morning to learn ten pages of dialogue, to go and sit on a film set I don't want to be on, doing a film that I'm not interested in and working with people I don't want to do, I don't do it. He said, I stay at home. My wife is more beautiful than any of my screen lovers, so I've never strayed. Things not to. Michael Caine is 75. And Shakira? I don't know, but they've been married for 35 years and uh, still very happy together. I did sit behind Michael once. You know he's a listener. But I did sit behind him once. I think it was now, it was either. Actually, do you know, it could have been a Michael Barrymore show. It could have been a Michael Barrymore show at the um, Hammersmith, whatever they call it, the Apollo Hammersmith or the something something Hammersmith, whatever it was. So, uh, that one there. Lovely picture today in the paper of uh, Jeremy Clarkson. And here he is with a fag in his mouth. So he's a smoker. Not very good news, is it? Not very good news. Uh, Marks and Spencer doing Red Roses for Valentine's Day. I'm saying to Petri Hoskin yesterday uh, that, you know, all this sort of cheap stuff in the paper, you know, 12 roses for 4 My argument being, you bought me what? 12, how much? 4 Get out. Get out. It's just absolutely dreadful that, you know, that, that people would sort of be so cheap I'm afraid. The new Virgin ad is great. Do you know, they were discussing on, I think, Alan's programme yesterday whether or not they thought it was sexist. Who did they bring on? Anne Widdicombe. Anne Widdicombe. I mean, Lord. And I tell you, the one person I cannot bear on Alan's show is that ghastly failed quiz show host who was doing some flower arranging. I can't even remember what his name is. Andy somebody. He quite clearly thinks he's very funny and very witty. I think he's their warm-up man. Blooming awful. Absolutely awful. I was watching him shouting, It's not your show. Stop trying to take over. Stop trying to build your part. You're rubbish. Uh, Steve, says Mike in Wimbledon, I often heard you mention the film The Shop Around the Corner. It's showing at the ICA and the Mall this weekend. Actually, I've just bought on um, DVD, and only because I quite fancied it, The World of Susie Wong with William Holden. And uh, many of you will not know it, but uh, William and Nancy Kwan starred in this look at East meets West romance. He's a struggling American artist. She's a beautiful Chinese prostitute who captures his heart. And it's, it's really quite... It's quite well, I saw it on the television a short while ago and I thought, I've got to get that film. Got to get that film. 
Uh, we're not so jaded, we can't cry for Miss Goody. They've sort of given Polly uh, Hudson a slightly bigger piece in the paper today. She's also talking about a book that's come out, so that's, that's waffled away, I'm afraid. And surprisingly, Cheryl Cole has just been in America to launch her singing career. Well, I don't want to point out again and again and again that Cheryl Cole cannot sing a toffee. When she sang on The X Factor, she was flat as the proverbial pancake. Her excuse being that she was nervous. It's a load of old rubbish. She's never been able to sing. She cannot sing. And so the idea of launching a singing career in America is laughable. But apparently Mika is going to be writing some, uh, some songs for her. Why do these people... We had the same ridiculous idea with Vic Beckham, who also thought she could sing. And again, that one died because people were just laughing at her. Laughing. They were saying, I'm terrible that you can't sing. You might have been fine with the Spice Girls, but at least we'd never actually heard you. So it was a lot safer that way, wasn't it? Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Some this morning, Beck's making his record. Oh, I forgot to mention it again, didn't I? I must just mention very quickly, for those people who didn't hear it, in the How Low today, the Toshiba laptop. OK? And it's fantastic. This one finishes at 5.30. Preloaded with Windows Vista. And it's got 160 gigabytes of hard drive, plenty of room to store all your important documents, music and photos. Small and light enough to carry around town. Lowest unique bid will win. That's the lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. It's got to be quick. Auction finishes 5.30 today. Text LBC, followed by your bid in pence, and send it to treble eight two one. So LBC, followed by your bid in pence, and send it to treble eight. Two one. Bid will cost one pound fifty plus your standard network rate. Lines close at five thirty today. Must be over sixteen. Go to lbc.co.uk. Anniversary we're celebrating. It's Michael and Marilyn Rose's forty eighth. I don't know what a forty eighth is, but a forty eighth is is quite a lot. And uh, Daryl thinks that anything after forty needs a mention or a medal or possibly both or possibly huge bunches of flowers being sent to your mum and dad. I suspect uh, Marilyn did say she's had forty seven years of happy marriage. Not bad out of 48, we always think. And uh, hopefully Michael will be taking her out in style tonight. McDonald's simply not good enough with a happy meal. So lots of love and kisses for... Here we go. Daryl, Laura, Scarlett, Liliana, Harry. Their new uh, Labradoodle. Mark, Amanda, Paige, Georgia and Scott. Amanda, Kelly, Francesca and Eddie. Not bad. Three children, seven grandchildren. So only 730 days to go to your golden anniversary. So good luck for that one. So for Marilyn and Michael, 48 years. My Lord above. Can barely make things last 48 days. Bad news this morning. Having had good news, now you've got bad news. John Nettles is going to quit Midsummer Murders. Ooh, terrible, terrible news. I do like them, but to be honest with you, I didn't think they'd actually made any for ages and ages. How much to, to produce one episode of Midsummer Murders? Even I was surprised. One and a half million pounds. Broadcast... In 204 countries, that itself is, uh, is quite brilliant. Uh, how much does John Nettles get paid per series? 700,000 quid. Uh, one episode takes five weeks to film. 13.5 million people watch the pilot episode. 200 murders have taken place in midsummer. You don't want to go and live there, do you? It's like Cabot Cove. Don't go anywhere near the place. The simple reason there's always a murder there every single week. Six people have burnt to death. Nine people have drowned, including one in a vat of soup. Twelve have died from poisoning, and four villagers were murdered by a bow and an arrow. Makes you feel quite grateful that you're in the uh, the bosom of LBC this morning. David Cameron will be with Nick from 8.30. He'll be taking your phone calls on the usual number. We're back again tomorrow morning, usual time, so we wish you a very, very pleasant day. Don't forget, if you go to lbc.co.uk, carry on podcasting. I'm delighted with the podcasting figures at the moment. In fact, there's now a board which sort of shows us with all the other radio stations in the group, and we're streaks ahead. We're st we've got our own wall.
We've got our own wall for LBC. Miles and miles ahead of everybody else. So thank you for that. If you go to lbc.co.uk, learn how to podcast. You can read the blog later and the podcast will be up very, very shortly. So tomorrow morning, back, usual time. Being Friday, can't believe we've actually made it through this week in one piece. But Nick's with you after the news at seven. You can have a chat to David Cameron and David Hall from Alan Show is, uh, is going to be in doing the papers. Various stories in there, some of which will tempt you, some of which will make you go, uh, uh, uh. I'm back tomorrow. Nick's with you next on 97.3. The Dillon family needed a new sofa and a different...